Welcome to the very first episode of the ESET podcast, Cyber Speakeasy. I'm your host, Ransom Burkett. Today, I'm joined by my co-host and very good friend, Tony Anscom. Hi, Tony. Hey, hi, Ransom. Great to be here on the first podcast. Yeah, indeed. Glad to have you here, and I'm glad that we got this kicked off. Um, can you introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do at ESET? Yeah, so I'm the Chief Security Evangelist, and what that really means is um, I do a lot of education and awareness, going out speaking at conferences, blogging, and et cetera, et cetera, talking about the, the, the cyber landscape, the cyber threat, the issues that companies and consumers see, uh, but also telling them how to stay safe. That's the most important thing of, of education. And in fact, cyber security, most of it is unfortunately human driven. So it's an important part of the job. Um, and when I say conferences, I should just go back and point out yeah, it will be great to get out there and meet people again at some stage. Yeah, I bet you're raring to get back on a plane or hit the trade show and expo floors to to share the good news about how to stay safe, right? Absolutely. And this is the longest period in the last 20 years I haven't been on a plane. Oh, my goodness. Wow. 20, a 20-year 20 stretch um, uh, interrupted by COVID. Wow. that's That's got to be something. So, So how long have you been in the security industry for? So I've been been in the industry for over 25 years. Um, I started with financial organizations actually programming, uh, Cobol, Fortran, uh, and I undertook a project for American Express uh, for a two-year project that was all about encryption and authentication. And that kind of defined my my rest of my career in uh, cybersecurity. Uh, However, a lot's changed since then. Uh, So uh, that was mainframe-based and host-based. And now, look at it, we carry a mainframe in our pocket. Yeah, yeah, we certainly do, right? Form factors have gotten smaller, computing power has increased, and here we are with pocket-sized mainframes. That's a, that's a great analogy. Um, so with that history and knowledge of the industry, have you ever seen anything like what we're dealing with today with regards to COVID-19 or coronavirus-related cybercrime? Um, no. I mean, if even if you just think about the transformation businesses have gone through because of COVID-19, so actually moving all their employees home and yeah, that humongous shift, that transformation of business, you know, you know, business process and the way people are working. But from a cybercrime perspective, well, unfortunately, cybercrime is a business and cybercriminals will latch on to anything that's going to try and make them money. Typically, though, we don't see something that's truly global like this, that yeah, there's not a person in the world that doesn't know this is happening and is not reading the news and is not concerned and, and frightened uh, and has fear about this. Um, but if we look at uh, cyber criminals, normally they, they have one issue, an election here or video there, or and they have to have targeted campaigns. This is a, this is a huge opportunity for cyber criminals, unfortunately, to have one campaign that spans the world. Uh, and we've even seen some cyber criminals converting existing campaigns. Yeah, so we've seen some infrastructure that was being used for sextortion campaigns now being used for COVID-19 campaigns. So they've just switched the content across and used the same infrastructure. Oh, that's incredible. It's interesting. And as you said, it's it's pretty dangerous and scary. Um, so I think it's actually really important for you to be here and inform people just how unusual these times are and how important it is for people to be vigilant about their security so I got to ask you, what kinds of threats are you most concerned with? Well, I think that this moment in time, there's huge amounts of phishing going on and disinformation uh, because we're all so keen to see what's actually happening in the world and, and one, how we can protect ourselves, but also the, the kind of status of what's going on. So 
you must have seen it in your inbox, you know, emails from that say they're from the World Health Organization or they say they're from your local government telling you, you know, to download a file or, or to look at, you know, click on something and, and get more information about how to stay safe. Well, a lot of those are unfortunately not the, from the real people. You know, they are phishing. They're trying to get you to download malware. They're trying to get you to pass over personal information. And personal information, remember, has value. You know, they're going to take that information. They're either going to exploit it or they're going to go off and sell it on the dark web. Uh, and when we talk about selling on the dark web, you know, just to give you an idea of you collect 100,000 email addresses, you can sell those for maybe 9 or $10. Uh, so it doesn't take long to start making money from these types of campaigns. The other, the other threats out there is because we are all remote, uh, business email compromise could be an issue for some companies. And this is where cyber criminals will target a specific person in the organization, like uh, the finance department asking for a transfer of funds. They'll pretend and look to be the CEO. And because you can no longer walk down the whole, uh, hallway and validate the request for the transfer, you know, they're going to try and leverage the fact we're all remote. So these are targeted, but these are targeted attacks. Um, and from a consumer's perspective, you know, I've, there's been campaigns we've seen uh, that you know, asking for you to pay for a relative to have a test. You know, we've got your relative here. Can you pay for their test? Yeah, these scammers are, will unfortunately leverage everything they can to try and make money. Agreed. I think it's as you said, the daggers are out. You know, they're they're looking to make them like a buck, uh, a euro, or a, or a pound any way they can. So uh, they're taking advantage, you know, of of the situation, which is really scary. You know, I think it's bad to kind of see these things happening. You're just uh, so old school, that ransom. Yeah. I mean, bitcoins. Sorry, they're after bitcoins. They're after bitcoins. You they're know, not after euros and dollars. Well, they'll, 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 they'll look to convert those at some point. <laughs> <laughs> they'll look to transact and get those into some, some spendable cash, I would imagine. Um, so I got to ask you then, well, if you had to rank protecting your most sensitive information from COVID scammers, what would you rank numbers one through three or maybe one through five to be? Well, let's, let's take that from two sides. So let's say, uh, what would I try and protect personally? And, and maybe some of the considerations a small business may, maybe should have. Uh, so from a personal perspective, you know, you'd expect a cybersecurity person to sit here and turn and say, oh, I'll protect my device or whatever. Actually, I'm going to be a little bit more granular. Protect your email address. And it's something maybe we don't always think about. Because if I can, if I had the credentials for your email, and I can reset uh, your passwords. Uh, you know, I know what services you've got because I can start seeing the emails coming in. But more importantly, potentially, all the resets I can do means I can take control. I can probably reset your social media accounts from there, which means I can actually take over your identity. And it will be really tough for you to get that back. Um, number two in there, closely followed, yeah, closely followed behind my email is my phone, because it's the other way that things are reset. So the two-factor, you know, the codes that companies send you to do the password resets or the codes that you've got to log on, all come through your phone. And people might think, well, how do I protect my phone? Well, firstly, you should have security software on your phone, but you also need to make sure that your phone is protected from SIM swapping. Yeah, because you know, cyber criminals will also go into a carrier shop, get them to reissue a SIM and take over your phone number and bang. You can even then walk into a bank and, and get them to give you a temporary ATM card because the bank will send the validation codes to the phone. 
and you're no longer in control of your phone. So somebody can actually feel and appear to be like you. Um, so there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of attacks there. And then the third thing is extremely personal information. The third thing I want to protect is my bank accounts, my health accounts, the things that have my real personal information in. Yeah, the party invites and all the stuff like that, they can go out the door or I can protect them later. But the real personal information is, is really important. Now, if I switch to looking at businesses, yeah, with sending all these people home to work, um, there's huge considerations in there. You need to have encryption on the devices you're sending people home with. Not only should the device itself be encrypted, it's a full disk encryption, uh, but the person needs to be ha accessing company services securely, mm. yeah, a VPN, yeah, and good authentic, strong authentication. So those encryption, authentication in there, two super important things. The third one I put in here is having some sort of secure collaborative system to, to communicate with. Uh, we've seen so many issues with some of the conferencing systems in the media uh, that were free to, free to use, and now that, of course, everybody wants to use them and are willing to pay. Um, yeah, they weren't putting passwords in, and you've seen Zoom bombing and all sorts of different issues. So make sure that, that actually employees can communicate securely. Thank you. That, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And I, I love the points that you talked about, the types of technology that will certainly help uh, to protect this as well with encryption and two-factor, et cetera. Um, it's really interesting. So what would be the best way to protect this information from cyber criminals, or is it actually just too late? Well, the number one thing I think is, is certainly on all devices, make sure you have a piece of security software. So I, th I think most people know them as antivirus products. And, and of course, we're ESET. So we've got uh, lots of antivirus products for all types of devices, whether it's PCs, uh, mobile phones, or even your, even your TV, uh, but, not your, uh, but not your microwave. Yeah, not yet. Not maybe yet. One, no. Yeah, maybe one day. Um, but you know, different device. Uh, yeah, make sure you've got security software. Make sure they're all updated. Yeah, uh, and that goes in in the workplace too. Make sure all the devices run the latest versions of software. It's so frequent to see people running old software, uh, and and it's important because every company, all software has issues, has vulnerabilities and bugs at times. And when a vendor sends out an update, they fix those bugs and those vulnerabilities. So they patch them and make you more secure. So it's really, really important that people do that. Um, so good security software and keep updating. And uh, you know, the one big thing in here, as especially seeing that we're recording this so close to World Password Day, make sure you have good passwords. You're absolutely right. Strong passwords are the key, change them frequently, but make sure, of course, you store them in a good place. So that's a really good point. Yeah, and where possible, have two-factor authentication. Indeed. So you've got that second layer to protect you. I love that. So, Tony, we're going to close out with this last question here, which I think is probably one of the most important, which is what do you feel the number one thing that people should learn from scammers in the era of COVID would be? Um, well, I think the, the big thing I'm learning is one that cyber, cyber criminals have no, unfortunately, no boundaries. You know, we've seen ransomware attacks against hospitals when they're trying to deal with a, a pandemic virus, which is just despicable. Um, so that's that's a that's a big learn, learning in there. Uh, my other big learning is is I actually don't think we're ever going to go back to being the same. I think uh, this transformation that businesses have gone through and we've gone through as, as people, I think 
the flexibility of working from home. And I think life will be different. Not, not, you know, I think we've all seen that there's actually different ways that you can work and be just as productive. Uh, so I've learned that I think mankind, you know, mankind has just gone through a huge change. I, I can imagine. And thank you for sharing that. I hope everyone that's joining us on the podcast today will take a lot of this information and actually turn it into some action. So um, I appreciate you sharing that, Tony. And I think we all know we're in unprecedented times, and I think everyone will appreciate and hopefully act upon the guidance and information that you provided uh, to help them actually just stay safe. You know, and that's that's what we're trying to do here on Cyber Speakeasy, give you information and advice so that you can take it and do something with it. Uh, so that wraps up our very first episode of the ESET podcast. How do you think that went, Tony? Pretty good? Yeah, I think that's good, isn't it? All right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I look forward to our second second outing here and uh, finding some good topics to bring out and bring to our listeners. Yeah, I think so. So if anyone wanted to follow me, I'm at RansomBB on Twitter and the same RansomBB on Instagram. You can follow me on LinkedIn at Ransom Burkett. And Tony, I think more people want to follow you. Can you share your information with everyone? So you can follow me. I'm uh, on Twitter. I'm Tony at ESET and on LinkedIn, Tony Anscombe. Uh, or you could read my blog on welivesecurity.com. And uh, there's also, you can find my bio there and some contact details. Fantastic. Well, Tony, thank you so much. And everyone, we'll see you next week on Cyber Speak Easy.